0: E-S-N-Y. and why And we are back. Another episode of the Hoops Addicts Anonymous podcast, an elite sports NY production. Taping on a Sunday, you might as well call it a, a last Dance Sunday, May third, just before eight o'clock. Um, we got a, another edition of the the NBA draft redraft series that uh, both uh, Chip Murphy and I are doing. And as as mentioned, you know I'm always going to be rolling with Chip doing these. Chip, what's going on, man? How is your Sunday?
1: Good, man. Uh, you mentioned the last dance. Looking forward to that. Uh, tonight we got the Knicks episode, so I don't know if that's going to be fun or heartbreaking or combination combination of both. Uh, looking forward to it, but uh, looking forward to this, too. This 2013 was a pretty interesting draft, and uh, just, as always, looking forward to some basketball. Well, we don't have any games, but the Lint Sanity stuff this week was pretty entertaining. A lot more entertaining than I thought it'd be. Just flipping it on. And like, I was watching a a Knicks New Jersey Nets game this week, and it was just those awful New Jersey Nets, like bright red jerseys. Yeah. And like Jeremy Lim was crossing over Darren Williams, and it was just that those were some weird games. Like, Jordan Farmar was on the New Jersey Nets. Oh my God. He was playing Crunch Time Minutes, and It was so weird. Like the Nets were the favored team, and the Knicks had Carmelo Anthony. It was it was crazy. Like it was it was it was fun to watch though. It was fun to watch
0: that game that you're talking about too. The the specifically the Knicks and Nets one. I actually remember where I was. It's so funny. Um, I was still in grad school at the time, and I'm coming back on the train from Brooklyn. I was doing my uh, my graduate studies at Brooklyn College in Flatbush took the train I, I literally got into Grand Central um, I don't know what time it was maybe it was like nine at night or something like that and I'm getting a slice of pizza at the the two boots station um, down in, in the bottom and they got the TV on and and it's that game and Lynn is just you know starting to go off a little bit and you know we all know the story it was crazy um I think the, cra- the interesting thing is this week you know uh, it's 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 interesting that it coincided with uh the Lynn Sanity MSG um, you know, kind of like review of, of all that happened was his interview with Mike Breen, you know, where he, you know, what player asked for less money and, you know, he essentially finds out that Houston is gonna offer a, a three year deal with the last year being the the quote unquote poison pill uh yeah, that the Knicks did not want to match. Um and thank God they didn't, by the way, but whatever. And so um, he's like going to his agent and he's like, please, please ask him to lower it. His agent's like, you have no other contract offers. This is the only one, and this is what you have to take. Um, you know, so it was just really interesting to see him be so open and honest about that.
1: Yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, it's not surprising you wanted to stay in New York, uh, but yeah, the Houston thing has always been entertaining. The whole Daryl Morey wanting to poison pill the contract and uh, screw over the Knicks has always been the hypothesis there. Yeah. I don't know how true that is or not, if he just wanted to steal Jeremy Lin away for the hell of it. But I don't know. Uh, yeah. Like you said, thank God the Knicks didn't match that contract and take that on, but not like it really would have mattered. Uh, yeah. It's not like it <laughs> in the long run, Right, it may have actually been, May have actually been cool to see a little bit more Jeremy Lynn now that we look back on it I don't know that he may have been fun um, it's not like uh having his salary on the books would have prevented them from signing some huge free agent so uh, whatever
0: yeah yeah no that's true um okay so let's hit two thousand thirteen um, wow so this was the Anthony Bennett draft that the worst um draft
1: pick, uh, the worst draft pick ever maybe the worst number one i mean
0: ever? dude i'm so surprised that people even i know because it's michael jordan but i'm at this point i'm so surprised that people even talk about sam bowie anymore because mm-hmm. anthony bennett i mean i think at least sam bowie had like uh, at least like five years in the league. Yeah, yeah like i think he, he at least could could be on a court you know, with NBA players, Anthony Bennett, I don't think wow. anybody
1: compares to Anthony Bennett,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I don't know, man. This is the other thing that was interesting to me too is so like when, when Anthony Bennett gets drafted and um, I'm not going to go too long on this because I do want us to get into it quick. But like so Anthony Bennett's drafted to 2013 and now I'm going forward. So like, you know, when 2017, whatever, and even now – you know if if anyone talks good about a Cavs front office and i know this was before i think david griffin got there i think
1: um, no 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 he was there oh he, he
0: was, was there. there oh he was there for that okay so yeah. that's bad on him too so but but that's the other thing i think like um i think brock aller who we have now in the Knicks organization i think he was with cleveland since 2011 um, and he's a capologist, so maybe he had nothing to do with this. But like anybody that's affiliated with Cleveland, I'm I'm thinking in my head like, yo, what the hell were you smoking at this time? But um, but uh, interestingly enough, um, you know, so we like we said, you know, uh, Anthony Bennett goes number one to the Cleveland Cavs in our actual redraft. And Chip and I were just talking before we got online here. It's no question that we both have the same person at number one. It's Giannis Antetokounmpo, um, the Greek freak, easily one of the top three players in the NBA. Um, Such an amazing rise to stardom from where he was drafted. Grew in size and strength and in every asset of his game. Such an amazing defender. I'm not going to go too much into the stats. I'll, I'll let Chip hit that a little bit um but but the clear and obvious number one of of this draft class and is still you know potentially might have the better parts of his career ahead of him which is scary if you think about it um chip what do you have on Giannis?
1: just real quick on the david griffin thing sorry yeah. to go yeah back to no Anthony it's, fine. Bennett. Sorry. it's fine it's fine uh i just googled it real quick and in a, a bit, like a book by jason lloyd from the athletic he uh quoted david griffin on a it drafting Anthony Bennett, and the quote is, "You fuck up sometimes." <laughs> That's what yeah. he said on Anthony Bennett, <laughs> I just had to mention that. I had to mention that. But
0: that the best part <laughs> about that quote, the, honestly, the best part about that quote is because think of how many GMs are masters at shaping their mistakes into a positive, like or at least yeah. damage control on some sense, right? Like, well, you know, uh, we really listen to our analytics guys. Like he projected really well. Had really good size and length. You know, he had a year where he shot over 40% from three. You know, we like the way he fit in our system. Like, David Griffin, who is who's probably as polished as they come, they asked him the question, and he could not come up with anything other than, like, fuck you up fuck sometimes. Up like, sometimes. I don't know I don't know what to tell you, dude. <laughs> that's, like,
1: that's really fucking funny. Crazy. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, obviously Giannis is the no-brainer. Four-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA, two-time All-Defense, Uh, Won the MVP last year. Was incredible. Um, So I looked at his last four seasons when he blew up. Uh, He won the most improved player. He's had four straight All-Stars. During that span, he's averaged 34.2 minutes, 26.5 points, 11 rebounds, 5.5 assists, 1.5 blocks, 1.4 steals. Uh, He's fourth in points behind Russ Damon Harden. Third in box plus minus behind Harden and Kawhi. Wow. Third in defensive win shares behind Drummond and Gobert. And the only players with more win shares and a higher PER is James Harden. Uh, his MVP season was insane, obviously. He led the Bucks in points, rebounds, and assists. He was near the top in every advanced metric. If you're a PER guy, he was first in that. And he was first in defense to the box plus minus, which is crazy for a guy who's not a uh, center or seven footer center, whatever you want to call him. Uh, it's just he's also you can make the argument he's the best defensive player in the league right
0: yeah, now. Yeah, you could,
1: yeah. 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 Uh, he could he could win I think the the race for defensive player of the year this year is probably between him and Brooke Lopez, which I don't know, have they could be the two finalists for the award, have two teammates ever been the finalist for defensive player of the year I'd have to look that up I'm not sure but uh yeah I think you can argue he's the best defensive player in the NBA but yeah he's just the no-brainer number one pick here and his upside is unlike anything we've ever seen
0: oh yeah absolutely um I mean no question Giannis is going to be number one there uh, and, you know, like our good friend Tim Ray, who we had on to talk about the Bucks, um, you know, said that the, that the franchise has done a decent job of, of putting pieces around him. Chris Middleton has really ascended, and, uh, you know, from, from his point of view, is, is kind of a foregone conclusion that he'll resign there. We'll see, uh, but no question he's number one in this draft. Uh, so let's move on to number two here. In reality, this was Victor Oladipo, Came out of Indiana, I uh, had, had a friend who went to um, Indiana that, that got to see him up close and personal, uh, was definitely uh, impressed by him. So, uh, Chip, why don't you start us off at number two? I have a very strong feeling we'll, we'll both be in agreement here as well.
1: I think so. Rudy Gobert, I got here. Uh, three, t- three times all defense, two times all NBA, two times defense player of the year. Uh, Finally this year, first time All-Star, if you ask a Utah Jazz fan anyway, uh, um, finally this time. uh, He led the league in blocks in 2016-17, and like I did with Giannis, I looked at his last four seasons in a basketball reference, and uh, in the last four seasons, nobody's blocked more shots than Gobert. Uh, He's second in field goal percentage behind DeAndre Jordan. He's uh, third in win shares behind Harden and Giannis. He's second in rebounds behind fucking Andre Drummond. Uh, I know you're a huge fan of him. Well, I'm not a huge fan, correctly. but I just yeah. put him
0: over Chris Middleton.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but he's a losing player and Gobert's a winning player. So yes,
0: well, we will yeah. agree about yeah. that.
1: <laughs> so they're the antithesis of each other. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he's I just – he's – I can't, you know, and I'm sure he's first in screen assist over that span, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's another stat that the Jazz fans yeah. love. <laughs> um, but, um,
1: yeah, he's, yeah, he's the number two pick here. He's one of the few players in the NBA that just impacts the game by dominating on defense. And I know there's a lot of critics because, you know, it feels like he gets played off the floor because he can't shoot. But, you know, he's... Just when he's great on defense he impacts the game and he can you know, he's he's elite. He's one of the best defensive players in the NBA. So yeah, yeah he's the number two pick for me
0: here. No question. Uh we're in lockstep there. Two time defensive player of the year, two time all NBA as well. Um you know, I, I think the Jazz to the extent that they can, and maybe it's a big deal out of nothing, they just need to mend the relationship between him and Mitchell. There's really no reason to trade either of them. That's basketball related. Um, the two of them hopefully can just kind of like, you know, push things to the side and 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 look at what they can create, you know, together. Because Rudy Gobert is is uh, easily one of, if not, the best defensive big men in the league, and I think he's going to be. You know, for a while. He's super smart. You know, he's not just a a guy that's long and athletic. You know, he's great at defending the pick and roll. Um, You can put him in drop coverage. You know, he can even close out a little bit too. He's a good rim protector. I don't think he fouls a lot. Like all of that stuff is super valuable. So you got to figure out a way to have him and Mitchell on the same team going forward. Um, Okay, so let's move on to number three here. In reality, this was Otto Porter who came out of Georgetown who I'm sure Chip and I will have uh, somewhere on this list as well later on. Um, but in reality, I went with uh, someone who's been in the lo- in the news a lot this week, Victor Oladipo. Uh, so two-time All-Star, 2017-2018 steals champ, an All-NBA selection within that same year. Uh, he also made an All-Defensive team and Most Improved. The numbers are not really going to jump out at you, but this is the kind of guy that he's not this type of player, but he's in the Jimmy Butler mold with the sense that he's not an elite offensive player, but he he does well enough, and he, he makes a, a really significant impact on both sides of the ball, which is super important. Um, I saw a lot of questions out there on Twitter asking if Oladipo is a max player. I believe he is. I think if Porzingis gets a max extension off uh, off an injury, a year in which he didn't play, I think Oladipo is as well. Uh, I think this guy is, is really good, and I think you got to give him at least a calendar year to get better uh, before we start talking about, oh, he's lost a step or he doesn't look good or um, things like that. I even saw Pacers fans talking about, well, you can't pay Brogdon and Turner and Sabonis, and Oladipo. And in my mind, I'm like, to me, Oladipo should be the priority of any of those guys. But, you know, I don't know. I like Oladipo a lot. Who'd you go with at three here?
1: You disagree for the first time.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. I went with CJ McCollum here. Okay. So McCollum did nothing in his first two seasons, then won Most Improved Player Award in his third. So I took him over Oladipo because of injuries. Uh, I looked at his last five seasons, took out the first two because he did nothing. And in the last five seasons, uh, he was third in the league in minutes played. Only Harden and Andrew Wiggins played more minutes. McCollum plays. You know, the best ability is availability. Yeah. And CJ McCollum is out there every single night. And Oladipo's had a lot of injuries. There's a lot of concerns there. You know, uh. Over the last five years, C.J. McCollum is ninth in the league in three-pointers made, 912 of them. He's averaging 35.1 minutes, 21.7 points, 3.8 rebounds, 3.7 assists. He's shooting 45.7% from the field, 39.8% from three, and 84% from the free throw line. Only five players have averaged... 20 points while shooting 45% from the field, 39% from the three-point line, and 80% from the free throw line. Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, Carl Anthony Towns, Clay Thompson, and CJ McCullum. Yeah. He has a higher offensive box plus/minus than Eric Bledsoe, Drew Holiday, and D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. All those guys got paid. D'Angelo Russell just got seriously paid. He did. All right. CJ McCollum. And I know everybody's down on D'Angelo Russell. Like they talk about him like he's a scrub right now. But so all those guys got paid, and everybody talks about Drew, Drew Holiday like he's a star. CJ McCollum, it'd be really interesting to know what he could do as a number one option. But we'll probably never see that because him and Dame Little are very close. But yeah, I put CJ McCollum here. Uh, and I think he's very underrated. Um, and, you know, he's, when Dame's been out, obviously portland struggles because he's their best player but they don't struggle because of cj McCollum. he always puts up points he's capable of he's capable of scoring a lot of points and yeah, he struggles defensively but i don't know like i said i a lot of the reason was i i'm concerned about the fact that uh, well i'm not gonna go too far into it i i want to see what uh who you put forth first and you're I assume you put McCollum fourth. Yeah.
0: I wanna yeah. hear your reason on McCollum. I, I, I put my I put McCollum fourth. Um and okay. it, and you know, a big part of it, well I'll just say also, you know, this was uh Cody Zeller um was was picked originally in this spot. Um <laughs> interesting Cody Zeller. Um uh, <laughs> so but yeah, I put McCollum here. You know, I, I listen, I, I'm like a closet Portland trailer trailblazers fan. Because I'm such a huge Dame guy, so I'm not gonna knock C.J. McCollum. I just think Oladipo um, is a better player. Do I have concerns about health with Oladipo? Absolutely, you know. And McCollum being available and carrying the torch while Dame is out—that's huge. Um, on base, you know, McCollum does average 18, three and three for his career. You know, uh, slightly a little bit better than. Uh, Oladipo in the, in that area 39% from three. So, you know, he's got that 82 from the line. Um, listen, I like CJ McCollum a lot. I just think Oladipo, uh, with some of the accolades that, that he's gained and, and his reputation defensively, you know, that, that's probably what does it a little bit for me. But, uh, CJ McCollum is, is, an amazing player. And I 1000% agree with you that he is underrated. He is underrated and yeah. underappreciated too.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's always going to happen with the guys, number two. I mean, we watched – we're all watching the last dance, and Scotty Pippen was underrated and underappreciated. He's one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah. So obviously C.J. McCollum is going to be underrated and underappreciated. We've seen that.
0: So you went went Oladipo at four as well?
1: I did go Oladipo uh, at number four. I just think the jury's still out on him. You know, he's had one full all-star season level of basketball. And it was an incredibly impressive one. You know, he averaged 34 minutes, 23.1 points, 5.2 rebounds, 4.3 assists, 2.4 steals, led the league in steals. 47.7% from the field, 37.1% from three, 799 from the free throw line. 14 players in NBA history have averaged 23 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, and 2 steals in a season since they started recording steals. In 73, 74. Mm. Michael Jordan did it nine times. <laughs> um, Rick Barry, Clyde Drexler, Dr. J, and Westbrook and Mullen did it twice. But that's pretty impressive. He's one of 14 guys that did it in uh, 40-something years, whatever it is. Yeah. So I just thought I had to point that out. Those are, I mean, like I said, he only had the one full season of all-star level basketball. But it was a hell of a season, so I understand why you picked him third because he's shown the ability to be an incredible player. But it's just he's also shown the ability to get hurt Sweet. quite a bit. And uh, so I had to put CJ ahead of him. But, um, yeah, I I also understand if you're talking about Indiana Pacers uh, fans being uh, having concerns about offering the mask because of those injuries. And about the Porzingis thing. If I were the Mavericks, I would have been concerned about offering him a max. And I think there were also it's different because Porzingis has Luca. Porzingis isn't the star. That's very true. You no, know, uh, Oladipo is supposed to be the number one guy in Indiana.
0: Yeah, but they have a so, but. But the only thing I will say is um, we'll get on to we'll move we'll move to five pretty quickly. But and I know we talked with uh, Corey. About the Pacers a lot, but I, I'm and they have some big decisions coming up. But I, I like that Pacers team though. Like to me, it's not it's not Ola Dipo and a cast of you know whoever. Like he does, he is no. expected to be the lead scorer. But Malcolm Brogdon Sabonis
1: was an All Star. Yeah. yeah, and really good. And
0: and you know they have obviously you know Sabonis and Turner does not work well. But Turner is no. a is a good rim protector. You know he. He hasn't shot well from the outside. I know they're banking on that. Brogdon, I mean, you know, yeah, I know, I don't that's think that's not going to work. I don't think. Yeah, Turner but the but they shooter. but they have some interesting. And remember too, you know, they they took a big hit when Jeremy Lamb got injured for them. You know, he was playing. He was a decent creator for them, and he was hitting from the outside. You know, I don't know. I think um, the but I agree. The the jury is out. We will definitely see about them. Um, so we move on to number five here. In reality, this was where Alex Len was picked. Uh, God knows Alex. what is going to happen to Alex Len in a couple of years, but um, this was an interesting pick for me. I think we might also uh, disagree here um, I tend to favor wings uh, in terms of my rankings in these drafts, but I went big here and um, I did so because uh, because I just I feel like this guy is he is so important to your team. Uh, and specifically, he's important to the Oklahoma City Thunder. I went with Stephen Adams here, um, and in my mind, I was like, you know what? If Nick Collison did he get his jersey retired or no?
1: Nick Collison, I think so.
0: So if he gets his jersey retired, Stephen Adams absolutely will oh, get his Steven jersey. Adams
1: absolutely getting
0: his jersey. Yeah, retired. Um, 58% from the field for his career. Uh, very impressive win shares. 40, you know, just under 45. Positive BPM. Uh, 9-7 and for his career. Like, he's equal parts a facilitator in your offense, not in the sense that he sets people up, but he is like a a cog, like a catalyst that with his screening, things like that, even his movement. He helps things happen. Like, he is a guy that stars need because he does do the dirty work and he does open things up for you. Defensively, he is an extremely strong guy in the post, not a guy that you're going to move around. Um, someone that is has no problem getting physical, no problem getting chippy. He backed up Russ a lot in a lot of those situations where people came at him. He's a very loyal dude. Um, this is kind of like a, almost like a nostalgic pick for me because I just love Steven Adams. I just like watching him play. Um, and I think any any general manager, anybody who is uh, looking for a guy that's like, you know what, that's what we need for a winning culture, Like you want Steven Adams on your team. Uh, so I went with him here.
1: I went with him too. Nice. And a lot of it is for a lot of it is for what you just said cuz I like Stephen Adams. And I look, they better retire his numbers. Think about all Hell the yeah. rebounds he gave up when Russell Westbrook was chasing triple doubles <laughs> and he just Sheed. let rebounds fall right into his lap. It's all true. the double-double seasons he let go. It's a good point. He averaged he averaged 13 and 9 instead of 13 and 10. He just let those double double seasons go by. Yep. Uh, yeah. He's yeah. You mentioned everything. Like he did the does the dirty work. He's a guy that every championship team would love to have. You know, he was he's perfect for every single team. Yeah. Uh, he's set. He sets hard screens. He plays great defense. Uh, he's a one of the best. Has been one of the best rebounders in the NBA for a long time. Uh, he's a great teammate. His teammates all love him. Uh, one of the toughest guys in the league. Everybody says that. It's not even close. He's, you know, I, I mean, just, I, I'd love to have him on the Knicks. Hell yeah. He'd be a great Nick. <laughs> oh my God. Could you imagine him at Madison Square Garden? He'd be immediately, absolutely. He'd immediately blend in perfectly. Oh, no question. But uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, it's hard not to root for the guy, too, because he's so, you could tell, you could tell he's a likable guy. I heard him. Did you uh, ever hear his interview on Low Post? You're talking to Zach Lowe, he was very good on the Low Post. Maybe. That. maybe. Yeah, he was very good on there. But, yeah, his, like you said, his numbers aren't spectacular. He's not much of a scorer. But uh, he's got – his win shares are good. His box blind is plus minus is kind of average because he started off his career kind of slow. But uh, once he got going, and he was, he was extremely important to those really, really good Thunder teams. Yeah. And the connection he had with Westbrook, I mean, him and Westbrook are tight. Right. And I'm sure Westbrook would be the first person to tell you how important Steven Adams is to him. So True. you can't discredit that. And Stephen Adams is just a hell of a player, man. He's he is. really fucking good.
0: <laughs> he definitely is. Um, yeah. So we're unlocked lockstep on number five. Number six, sure. uh, if we backtrack and rewind back to 2013, this is where New Orleans Noel was picked um, he went to the New Orleans Hornets, drafted out of Kentucky. Chip, who did you go with for number six?
1: Number six, I went with Otto Porter. Uh, but you mentioned how you are uh, more accustomed to Wings in the draft. I, I tend to go with Wings, too. Maybe it's my bias towards the three-point shot, especially with what's going on right now in the league. But I think we're talking about CJ McCollum being underrated. I think Otto Porter has become a little underrated, especially recently in the league. I know he's a little overpaid or maybe a lot overpaid, whatever you want to talk about, but the guy has pretty solid numbers. I know he was, what, the third overall pick in the draft, and 11 points per game isn't exactly number three overall pick numbers, 4.9 rebounds, 48% from the field, but he's a 40% three-point shooter. In this league, you take that guy, and he can defend seventy nine percent from the free throw line. You know, he's uh he can defend both forward positions. Uh, his box plus minus is pretty solid one point seven box plus minus. It's pretty good. Uh, it's fourth in uh the twenty thirteen draft class. He's you know he's not a spectacular player. He definitely didn't live up to the hype of the number three overall pick. Yeah, but. You know, he wasn't – I remember watching him in college at Georgetown. He was on TV all the time. You know, Georgetown was good back then, and also my dad was a Syracuse fan. So they played Georgetown back then, and I remember watching him and thinking, this guy isn't going to be a superstar, like when he was drafted. I'm like, this guy is – you know, he's a spot-up shooter. He's going to shoot out of the corners, and that's what he is. He's a shooter, and he can defend. Yeah, I did, He didn't – I didn't think he was going to be a superstar, but, you know, he's a good player. And it's not his fault that he got overpaid. (laughs) What's he supposed to do? Turn down the money? He's a good player.
0: He is. Um, The other thing, so I I also picked Otto Porter here. I won't go too long on him. Had some really good playoff series for the Washington Wizards. Went back and looked at some of those numbers. Playoff BPM Mm -hmm. was pretty decent there as well. Um, I think Otto Porter still projects as a a solid player going forward. I think as long as he can stay healthy – Um, he will help the Bulls. It's just the Bulls need to figure out what the hell they're doing and and who they're really investing in. But Otto Porter is a good player, man. Not not too much to go on uh, after that. Um, So we'll move on to number seven. So this was where Ben McLemore was picked uh, out of Kansas, uh, went to the Sacramento Kings. So I went here. uh, This was... uh, I had a tough time here because I do... um, go with numbers a lot there are some basic numbers that are good with this guy but you know he's um he's an interesting player i i I like his ability to break down defenses he's not particularly efficient um but i do think that he's had a decent enough career to be fairly high-ish on this list he's played a ton of games uh over 490 plus i went with dennis Schroeder here Oh, um, I
1: knew you were saying him. I yeah. Knew you were saying him.
0: <laughs> so, uh, 14, four and two for his career, uh, a negative box plus minus. Um, you know, so there's that to be said. Uh, chip is probably going to tell me that the only reason that he's done well this year is because he's playing next to Chris Paul. Uh, no. well, 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 that's part of it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but listen, I, I don't love Dennis Schroeder, but I like him enough to have him you know, within the within the range that that I've included him here, I think he's a decent enough player. I think even after he ends whatever contract he's on now, there will be enough teams that will want his services as a guy who can still break down the defense, hit the occasional floater, um, hit the occasional shot. He's in, the percentages are not great there, um, but he's decent enough, and I, and I think he's like I said, he's played a ton of games and he's been relevant enough to be. High ish on this list. Uh, what did you, who did you have for number seven?
1: Yeah, I, I had him too. I had oh, okay. Him too. Yeah, someone's going to do something stupid, like pay him big money because they think he's going to be good without Chris Paul. You know, they're <laughs> going to fall into like the Steve Nash Jason kid trap where they think without the system, brilliant point guard, that the guy's still going to be really good. You know, it's, you know, but. He scores a lot of points. Yeah, he, he puts the ball in the basket. He does he's score. Not, Like you said, he's not efficient, but he does put the ball in the basket, and that's important. Uh, I, we talked about how Andre Drummond or I talked about how he's a losing player. <laughs> yeah, you're like a you're like his biggest fucking. I am
0: not. I am not. But I. But I, The man does need his respect. He was an All NBA selection. He's third in the league in steals currently in 2019 and 20.
1: Oh, uh, Jesus fucking Christ. Just to marry
0: him already. <laughs> oh, man. I swear, I'm going to I'm gonna get... Listen, I'm going to put a call in. I'm going to get Dre on the podcast. We're just going to have it out next oh, week. Please. We're gonna, Get we're him gonna, on here. Get
1: him on here. I'd love to talk to him. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> oh, man. I forget what we were were
0: were just. We were just saying. I think. I mean, we were in agreement. (laughs) We were just saying that you know, Intruder's not efficient, but you know, he's he does score. Um, He's still going to have a place in the league even when he gets finished with the Thunder. Um, And he's like, honestly, he's like a he's like your perfect pack up backup point guard. That's really what he
1: is. Yeah, yeah, he's he's good as like in Atlanta. They tried to make him too much because they drafted him, obviously. So. They wanted him to be a starter, and he's not a starter. He's, you know, well, uh, he's better than Alfred Payton. So I was gonna say he's, he's similar to Alfred Payton, but he's better. It's yeah. like you don't want him as your starter because then, holy shit, we're fucked. But if he's your backup, you're in a pretty good spot.
0: Yeah. You know? I would agree with that. Um, okay, let's. We're on to number eight here. This was where Cantavius Caldwell Pope was picked. Um, I remember him coming out of Georgia. Um, I remember uh, there being a lot of hype around him. He was one of those guys that, like, weeks leading up to the draft, his stock started to rise. He was picked uh, with the Pistons here. Uh, Chip, who did you have at number eight?
1: Well, I got a guy who I'm a huge fan of. Uh, I got Robert Covington here. Okay. Whenever I would, whenever I would pick a team – In 2K, I would always trade for Robert Covington. (laughs) I'm a huge Robert Covington fan. I almost put him higher. I almost put him above Schroeder. That's how much of a fan I am. Uh, 12.8 points, 5.7 rebounds, and his assist numbers aren't great. 1.5 assists, but 1.6 steals. He's still one of the best defensive players in the NBA. Uh, 35.8% from the three-point line. Uh, Inside the three-point line, he's never been much of an offensive threat, but 81% from the free-throw line. He's a good shooter, and he's a good defender. Uh, He was undrafted. Uh, I think he was in a small school, I want to say somewhere in uh, Tennessee State. Yeah. yeah. Um, But he's always been a shooter, and he's back in Houston now. He was signed uh, by Houston coming out of the draft, and he's back there now. Um, he's, look, I, I was looking up and down and I was like, who am I, who am I putting ahead of him right now? Like of all the guys that are left, who's, which one of these guys are better than Robert Compton? None. Like I said, I'm, I almost, I almost put him ahead of Schroeder and I considered him along with Otto Porter, but Otto Porter is a better, Otto Porter can do more off the dribble and can, and can score, like I said. Covington isn't much offensively inside the three-point line, and Porter is. So – but the guys behind Covington, I mean, I don't – I think Covington does more for a playoff team. I mean, we saw Houston – Houston tried to trade for him like he was Kobe Bryant for like a year and a half straight. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think he's just a very important player, especially now when the league is predicated on 3 and D. Not even just now. For years now, it has been. He's what he's. Every team wants a player like him. Yeah. So they can win. Who can shoot and defend multiple positions. So he's perfect for the league right now. I, and like I said, I'm a big fan. He plays hard. He can shoot the corner three. He's he's a really good player.
0: I had him here too. Um, all defensive selection in 2017, 2018. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually. So the guy I picked at number nine. When I started looking at his numbers, I was very impressed, especially with his uh, ability to be a facilitator. I almost put him above Covington, but I was like, you know what, man? Like, Covington is, is perennially, even if he's under contract, like one of the most targeted people at the deadline. Like, People want him included in trades. People want him on their team, um, especially contending teams because they always see him as the last piece. Oh, if we just had a guy who could stretch to the defense – and defend the position. Oh, if we just had a guy who could switch from two to four uh, and hit the three. Oh, you know what I mean. And hey, that's Robert Covington. You know, so um, I think he was undrafted, right, Chip? Yeah, he was. Yeah. He's so kind of I mean, small look, school, so. look at look at this guy. I mean, he's made an amazing career for himself. Um, he actually, I think I was looking at his numbers in Houston, and they were fairly good. Um, yeah, Robert Covington deserves to be here um so number nine it is and this was trey burke hey we've gotten to the once a nick always a nick uh portion of the show that we really? always yeah trey burke number nine out of michigan um so no no oh that's not who i picked Do you, that that's who that's who was yeah yeah, yeah yeah no no chip no 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 absolutely not come on now so trey <laughs> trey burke was picked number ninth in reality but this is okay. who I went with. Um, dude, I started looking at this guy's numbers. I was impressed. And I know he's played with good teams, so that has to be taken in consideration. But, dude, Kelly O'Linick has played some pretty damn good basketball for his career. 9-4 is not going to scare anybody. 37% from 3 might. Win shares are decent. Positive BPM. He's played 100 more minutes than Covington. Uh, he has more more rebounds and more assists than Covington, but uh, Covington has more steals and more blocks. Playoff numbers are very good um, for for Olenek. Obviously, he played on some decent Celtics teams. You know the the Heat culture. You know he he fits in there. Uh, he's a guy that his career assist percentage and rebound percentage is pretty good. Um, so I was I was impressed to look at some of Olenek's numbers. And I thought he deserved to be pretty high on this list when I was looking at other people who I either picked below him or might pick above him. Um, I just I just didn't realize. Like I remember he got into a big uh, not a big fight, but he got into that that skirmish with Kelly Oubre. Uh, in I think in I think Oubre ran at him or something like that, or maybe that wasn't him. I don't know. But um, yeah, man, Kelly Olenek is is a is a good basketball player. So I had him here at number nine. Who did you have?
1: Yeah, Olenek's really good. I had THJ here. Oh,
0: okay. Jr. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, he's Obviously, he's had maybe his best season uh, with Luka here. Yeah. Um, and played his best ball with Luka the past two seasons. I mean, he's been spectacular uh, in Dallas. Not really surprising. Uh, he shot 40.7% on threes on uh, – 7.2, uh,
0: 7.2 attempts? attempts. Wow. That's a pretty been, big clip.
1: Yeah. He's has I mean, he's open, so he's going <laughs> to make them, but, uh, yeah, he's, you know, when he was in New York, they asked him to be something that he wasn't. It was the classic, you know, he's not a, he's not a number two. He was supposed to be Kristaps's number two and he's not a number two. He's more of a three or a, even a four. And, uh, he's comfortable in that role in Dallas. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think that – look, I thought about putting Olenek here, but Hardaway's numbers for his career, 13.4 points, 42% from the field, 35% from three, 81% from the free throw line. Uh, I could have gone either way, Hardaway or Olenek. Um, I went with Hardaway because he can – he puts the ball in the basket more. And, (laughs) in my opinion, uh, scoring one out there – um, and I went big uh, with Adams earlier. Okay. And I thought,
0: so you decided to go you know, wing here.
1: Who's went? Yeah, and I thought Hardaway would be more integral to a team. I know Olenek can make Olinick can make a three point shot, and I know we all killed Hardaway's defense, but I I, I took Hardaway over, slightly over Olenek. I did.
0: Got you. Um. So then I'm guessing for ten you have Olenek.
1: I do
0: have Olenek, yeah. Okay, um, mm-hmm. so that was where that was where C.J. McCollum was picked. In reality, um, mm-hmm. so you went Olenek there. So I do have Hardaway on this list, but there was one other guy that I put above him, and it was—it's weird, man. It—it it, was—it was another big, but dude, this was another guy. I could not believe when I was looking at his numbers. Mason Plumley has 1000 assists over 3200 rebounds. Terrible free throw shooter, but rebound percentage and assist percentage is pretty good. 56% from the field. Win shares are over 30. Um decent BPM. Like I I don't know. I haven't watched a ton of Mason Plumley, but I and I see his dunks every now and then and I know that he's active and I know he's got good energy. But I was just very surprised to see this other part of his game that I didn't really know was even there. Um, so I, I I went with Plumlee here, man. I like like if I was drafting them based on their skill set, I would go with Hardaway because he can shoot. You know what I mean, and and he could put the ball on the floor. But um, just looking at 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 what Plumlee did here, I was I was pretty surprised over the course of his career what he's been able to do in terms of like contributing to winning. I don't know for this 2013 draft for some reason I decided to reward intangibles maybe a little bit more but I went with Plumlee here at um at 10. How about you? Oh wait, no no, that was you had already gone with Olinux, so I I went with Plumlee. Um and now we're at 11, right? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Okay. Um so oh and then I think I'm on I'm on 11, right? I go first for 11 or no?
1: Yeah. Okay. You're, we're at 11 and 11 it doesn't matter because i took finally at
0: 11 i got so. you so <laughs> interesting this is where i had tim hardaway jr so we're not okay. too far away from each other so yeah. i went timmy hardaway here um like i'm not gonna say anything more about timmy statistics wise i just think he's a funny player man like they called him the angry grandpa when he was with the knicks he had that classic <laughs> scowl on his face all the time like it was interesting to see him get a lot of burning shots with the Knicks because I think he started to believe the hype. Like, like he's like, yeah, I'm the number one guy here. Um, but I like Tim Hardaway Jr. Like, I can tell like he clearly works at his craft and you know he wants to be that guy. And I'm I'm happy to see him succeed. You know, um, I, I I I do think he's a he's a player that you can invest in a little bit. You know, uh, maybe not Steve Mills invest, but you know you can give him some money. I mean, of course yeah. he's he's a and decent see- player.
1: Yeah. Yeah, maybe not Steve Mills' invest. <laughs> um,
0: okay, so that is uh, that's eleven, right? And now we're on twelve. Um, so this was where Stephen Adams was picked, and I actually forgot that he went to Pitt. Completely forgot about that. Yeah. Um, so who did you go with at number twelve?
1: Number twelve, I took KCP. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't like too. Thrilled about it. I went back and forth. This isn't a very, this isn't a very strong back of the lottery or back of the first round, whatever you want to call it. So I went kind of back and forth, but I went with KCP here. Uh, He he did have some. I forgot he had some good years in uh, Detroit. You know, uh, you know he underachieved. Obviously, Uh, he didn't live up to the shooting potential that he was supposed to have. I was reading some articles on. Uh, I think yes, I think it was Zach Lowe stuff with interviews with Stan Van Gundy about how Stan Van Gundy was talking about how he thought KCP had potential to be a lockdown defender. And I don't think KCP ever really lived up to that potential or that hype, but he's, you know, for his career, he's a 35% uh, three-point shooter. He's an average three-point shooter, uh, 80% from the free throw line, 42% from the field. 11.6 points, 3.2 rebounds. You know, he's a, he's a solid player, average player. Uh, and now he's, you know, because he's got the same agent as LeBron, he's probably going to win a championship, and he's gotten very well paid. Yeah. So uh, good good for him, man. And he's got a hell of a lot of win shares. And as far as box plus minus, his box plus minus is barely negative. It's not so bad.
0: It's true. Over, uh, I also won KCP here at number 12. Uh, he's got over six thousand points for his career. Um, you know, a good am- more um, assists and steals than the player I had picked at uh thirteen. Um, you know, but yeah, decent decent player. I, I think, you know, earlier in his career when he was with LA, I think uh, I'm sorry, not earlier when he was when he had just gotten to LA, I think people wanted a little bit more from him here and there, but. LeBron covers up a lot of mistakes, and LeBron covers up a lot of players' faults. Um, that's going to be the case here, and and uh, you know he might he might get another decent contract based off it. Who knows? Um, so that's our twelfth pick, and now moving on to thirteen. Uh, this was where Kelly Olynyk was picked out of Gonzaga. He was picked and selected by the Dallas Mavericks back in 2013. Uh, Chip, who did you go with for your thirteenth pick?
1: Thirteenth, I got Cody Zeller. Okay. Yeah. Again, uh, not a spectacular end of the uh, <laughs> end of the lottery here. Yeah. But uh, I, I almost, I almost didn't even have him on here. I wasn't too keen on it, but uh, he's actually having the top year of his career statistically right now. But, uh, yeah, 11.1 rebound, 11.1 points, 7.1 rebounds right now. But for his career, 8.6 points, 6 rebounds, 51% from the field, uh, 73% from the free throw line. And uh, he never has developed a three-point shot like a lot of other uh, big men have, um, which I think kind of prevents him from being a— legitimate starting big man in the nba at this point but because he's not really a dominant post player either right um so and he's also not a dominant defensive player you know he's never uh averaged a a shot or never averaged a blocked shot uh in a in a season he's averages 0.7 blocks per game for his career so he's not much of a defender and also, you mentioned assists before he averages 1.4 assists per game. So he's not much of a creator. He, uh, you know, he's he's a good bench player. He's he's another guy who, uh, you know, Charlotte drafted him very early, high in the draft. They drafted him with the fourth pick. So they expect, I think they still expect too much of him. They've kept him in the starting lineup his entire career, and they still expect him to be a starter, and he's just not. Right. You know, he's... You know, he's not necessarily playing starters minutes, but he's still in the starting lineup and he's probably best as a bench player. And I think if you brought him off the bench, he'd be a solid player, but you know, I, you know, solid again, I keep, I feel like I keep saying this, but he's a, he's a good player. He's just hasn't lived up to that number four, much like, uh, much like Otto Porter, not as good as Otto Porter, but much like Otto Porter uh, hasn't lived up to that top five pick hype but uh, still, a solid career and a guy who you'd like to have on your team, I think.
0: Yeah, um, I I went with uh, Gorgie Jang Gorgie Dang or Gorgie Jang here. Uh, Gorgie they're...
1: Jang, I'm, Jang. Sure. I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> numbers are similar. Um, the numbers are similar to Zeller. Jang has a little bit of a three point shot, decent rim protector. Um, wind shares are good. Positive BPM. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember him coming out of Louisville, you know, there was, uh, there was some promise, there was some potential there. I think he's a decent NBA player. I don't have too much on him here. Um, this is, you know, we're getting to these last two picks here. I think Gorgie Jang is solid. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think, I think that'll probably take us to what the 14th pick here. Oh my God. I just lost it. Hold on one second.
1: Come to
0: give mine. Well, I, d- I just want to see who uh, who we had in real life. Oh, I mean, okay. yeah. Hold on. So this was Shabazz Muhammad. Uh, came out oh of UCLA. God. Yeah, uh, came out of UCLA. Was selected to the, the Jazz. Lefty, right? Yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah. Man, so I, I'm actually I'm happy with my 14th pick here. Uh, not a great sample size, but I'll let you start us off. Who'd you go with for number 14 here?
1: Okay. I went with Seth Curry.
0: Okay, damn. Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Um I'm a huge obviously I'm a huge Duke fan, so I've like I've been a huge Seth Curry fan for a long time. Uh 10.1 points, uh 47.6% from the field, uh 84.4% from the free throw line, obviously not a lot of free throws. Most of his game is a three point shot. Uh, he's forty four percent from the three point line for his career. It's Crazy and yeah, crazy. And he on a three point nine attempts per game for, for his career. I don't think. Look, he's. I think he's really underrated. I almost put him higher. I think, but he hasn't played that many games, so I didn't put him too higher. But I think he's underrated. People don't talk enough about how impressive a shooter he is. Just you know, because of who his brother and his father are, but he's a knockdown shooter and his catch and shoot numbers are incredible too. it. He's great from the corners. Obviously also, he's just, you know, he's fantastic and, you know, uh, and he can handle the ball too. You know, he just does, he does his damage from behind the three point line. So he's a really good player. I, you know, knockdown, all you got to do is talk about, we got to do is talk about the shooting. I mean, that, that Dallas – the Dallas year that I'm looking at right now, This year, again, talk about Luka Doncic. He's shooting 45.3% right now on 5.1 attempts per game. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. That's insane numbers right there.
0: I, uh, Dude, I wanted so badly to put Seth Curry. Uh, I, w- I was actually thinking of just like you having him higher on this list his total his total shooting percentage is uh is 61% um his dude it's just i think he's only played like 250 games or something like that um so i i didn't i didn't have him on i wanted him there so bad the guy i had on is not someone that i particularly like but i was very interested to see surprisingly positive analytics uh considering that he's not uh, like i don't think he's a very relevant player but i had nerland's noel here Um, And the win shares for, again, the back of rotation here at the 14th pick, above 20, positive BPM. I think it's kind of uh, impressive considering he's been on losing teams. So when he was with Philly and he got drafted there, they were trash. When he went to Dallas, I think he got like a two-year deal when he signed with them. They were bad. They, They won like 20 or 30 games under Carlisle um you know with didn't he
1: turn down like a max contract oh my god something crazy if, like if that if he did <laughs> Isn't he that he's an, idiot?
0: if he if he is he's an absolute fool um <laughs> but i was very interested to see that there's there's some positive stuff here despite um the losing teams he's been on he's played at 355 games um i thought he was decent enough to have on this list but dude i listen i love seth curry he is, he is a marksman. He is in an every analytics wet dream. Um, you know, I, I just wish he had had more games for me. But it's clear in terms of career trajectory going forward, uh, Curry has the much higher and much more positive outlook than maybe like a lot of guys that are on our list right now. Um, but I do think that is our, uh, our final pick here. Um, damn that that one actually went by pretty quick. Uh, we're at we're at fifty three minutes now. Um, so as Chip and I have been talking about, we will continue this series. Twenty fourteen will be next. Uh, we are also trying to find a Cleveland Cavaliers writer that we can bring onto the show and talk Cavs basketball. We will have some uh cross reference stuff, Nick stuff, just because you know Brock Aller has come over uh... to us so hopefully the writer can can illuminate us a little bit on maybe some tidbits that he has for him from him um, and you know i'm sure we'll be wanting to pepper whoever this person is with with darius garland colin Sexton questions maybe a little bit of kevin porter jr stuff who knows uh... if anyone would be willing to take kevin loves contract on their hands i don't know if there's a soul in the nba right now but who knows um but that's really what's on the cusp and up and coming for us uh we're trying to do as many of these pods as we can you know during quarantine just keep ourselves sane um but that's essentially it you know for the most part chip is there anything you help you uh you have for for this draft or the stuff we got coming up in the future
1: uh no man i just looking forward to uh the last dance oh oh Nerlens Noel turned down a $70 million contract.
0: Nice. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh. Uh, if I was him, I would be sitting in my house every night just in a dark room with a, a bottle of scotch and, like, just cursing myself. I, I, I don't know how you do that, but I guess uh, he must have thought that um, a bigger payday was coming.
1: Four years seventy million, he turned it down and then ended up siring signing a qualifying offer for four million. What a fucking idiot.
0: <laughs> oh man. Yeah, you, know, you gotta love the NBA. You gotta love the NBA. Oh god. Although that doesn't really happen too much, but that's a that's a hilarious story. You could do a pod on that alone, probably.
1: Oh, poor guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I think that's a good note to end on. Uh, for anyone listening, uh, don't be like Nerland's Noel. Uh, realize when you when you have it good. Uh, realize when, when the, the iron is right to strike and, and capitalize. That's all I would say about that. Um, that's going to do it for us. We hope everybody is safe, uh, staying sane during these times. And we look forward to bringing you guys another show, hopefully within the week. And hope everyone enjoys themselves. And we will talk to you soon.